We'll read Judges 16, 4 through 21. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, who was named Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies. By what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you eleven hundred pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and what will you, and what will bound you to afflict you? And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the Lord of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. And she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may be bound with. So he said to her, If they bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Therefore Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. Delilah said to Samson, Until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, If you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. So she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled off the batten and the web from the loom. Then she said to him, How can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times, and have not told me where your great strength lies. And it came to pass, when she pestered him daily with her words, and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death, that he told her all his heart, and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite, to God from from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put, put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. Good morning. Thank you for the reading. That's the story of a guy named Samson. Y'all had heard of Samson before, hadn't you? When I was a little boy, my favorite Bible story was Samson because he was an incredibly strong man. He could do some amazing things. Samson, when he was born, was 
actually prophesied before he was born just like Jesus. An angel came to his mom and said, hey, you're going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be a judge of Israel. He's going to be an incredibly strong man. And he's going to deliver... Israel from their persecutors. There was a nation called the Philistines that gave them lots and lots of trouble. They were just always picking on them and always having wars with them and, and really gave Israel all kinds of trouble. And years and years before, he was from the tribe of Dan, and it had been prophesied that from the tribe of Dan would come one who would be a deliverer of his people and he would strike like a snake at the hoof of a horse. Any of y'all ever ridden a horse? Some of you have? Okay. One thing that's true about a horse, it's a great big animal, but it can really be scared by a snake. Okay. Horses will really be afraid by a snake. And he said that somebody from the tribe of Dan would be a deliverer of Israel just like a snake at, is and can scare a horse. And that was this guy, Samson. Now, Samson, when he was born, his parents were really old. And Samson was what was called a Nazarite. Do you all know what a Nazarite was? A Nazarite was someone who was never, ever to drink any thing that came from a grape, okay? They weren't to eat grapes, they weren't to touch grapes, they weren't to drink grape juice or wine, nothing that had to do with a grape, and they were never, ever, ever to cut their hair. Now, that would be strange, wouldn't it? To never, ever, ever have a guy that never, ever, ever cut his hair. It would kind of get, I imagine back then they didn't wash it every day like we do now. So it would get stringy and long. And, and he was exceptionally strong. From the time he was very, very young, he was strong. There's a story about Samson when he was a young man. And he went out into the forest. And while he was in the forest, a lion attacked him. Now, a lion is what they call the king of beasts. You know why they call it that is because nothing else will fight a lion. Lions are the most powerful beasts that there are out in the jungle. This lion attacked him. And you know what he did? He killed it with his bare hands. He killed a lion with his bare hands. Now that is unbelievable strength, right? To be strong enough to kill a lion with your bare hands. And then later he meets this girl that he wants to marry, and she's a Philistine, which are this enemy nation that always fights against them. And so they're having this big party before the wedding, and he tells the Philistines, and there's 30 princes of the Philistines that are there, and he says, I will give you a riddle, and if you can figure it out, I'll buy each one of you a brand new set of clothes. But if you don't figure it out, each one of you buy me a set of clothes. So he would get 30 sets of clothes. And they said, okay, that's a deal. And he said, from the, from the hunter comes the food and there's sweetness. And I can't remember exactly how it went. But what had happened was when he was on his way, he walked by that dead lion. And a hive of bees had moved into the carcass of that dead lion. 
and they were making honey in the bones of that dead lion. And he stopped and he reached in there and he got some of the honey and he ate it. And so he gave them a riddle about that. Well, they didn't know what the riddle meant. They couldn't figure it out. But you know what they did? They went to the woman he was going to marry. And they said, you better find out what this riddle is. Or we're going to burn you and your house and your family. Well, you know what she did? She went to Samson and said, oh, Samson, that's such a brilliant riddle. Would you tell me what it means? And so he told her. And she went back and told them. And then when they had this big party and they all come together, he said, well, have you figured out my riddle? And they said, what's stronger than a lion and what's sweeter than honey? And they would figured it out. He was so angry and he found out what they'd done. So he went off and he fought against a bunch of Philistines in another place and he killed 30 men, 30 Philistine men, and took their clothes and brought them back and brought 30 sets of clothes back to these princes. But while he was gone, they gave his wife to another, or wife to be to another man to marry her. And he was very, very upset. You know, another time they were, Israel was being persecuted and given trouble by, by uh, the Philistines. And he caught foxes. Do y'all have foxes out here? You have foxes? Y'all ever seen a fox? He caught 300 foxes. And you know what he did to those foxes? He tied, he took them Two at a time, and he tied their tails together in a knot. And then he stuck a torch in between their, in that knot, in between their tails, and he let them go. Now, do you know what a fox would do if you put fire on his tail and tied two of them together? It's going to run crazy, right? Because it's afraid of them. And they ran, ran, they ran all over the fields, and guess what that did? Burned up all the crops which is what the kinds of things that the Philistines were doing to the Israelites. Another time, they surrounded the city, the army, the Philistines did, surrounded the city where Samson was. And they sent a message to the Israelites in the city, and they said, we're going to kill everyone that's in this city unless you give us Samson. What would you do? If, if somebody came and said, you know what? We're going to kill everyone in this building unless y'all tie up Craig Keel and deliver him to us. What would you do? You know what they did? They went in and they told Samson. And Samson goes, oh, cool. T tie me up and take me out to him. <laughs> so they tied him up and they took him out to him. And all the, Israel, or the Philistine soldiers surrounded him. And when they got all around him, he just popped those ropes off. And he grabbed the jawbone of a donkey that was laying in the field. And he killed 1,000 men with that jawbone of the donkey. Now, that's crazy, isn't it? That's an amazing story that he was able to do that, right? How could he do that? I mean, have you ever seen anyone that was strong? I mean, that went and worked out all the time and they had great big muscles. Have you ever seen anyone like that? Seen pictures of them? Yeah. Okay. There's some people, you know, stronger than me. I'm not that strong. 
But you know what? I've never seen anyone that could kill a thousand men by themselves or kill a lion with their bare hands. Have you? You know how he was able to do that? Because God gave him strength. Because he was going to be a deliverer of God's people. He was a judge of God's people. And God wanted him to be strong enough to fight against the Philistines who were persecuting his people. So God gave him miraculous strength. But do you know where the secret of his strength was? It was in that he was a Nazarite. He was strong and God gave him strength because he never, ever cut his hair. Now, young men, God will not make you strong if you don't cut your hair. You need to cut your hair if your mama says cut your hair. But Samson's mama said, don't ever cut your hair because that's what the angel told her. And Samson was strong because his hair was long and he was a servant of God. Now, Samson's one big downfall was this. Samson loved beautiful women. Now, there's nothing wrong with a beautiful woman if she's a godly woman. But Samson tended to love beautiful women that weren't godly women. And the one he met that was his downfall was this woman named Delilah. Okay, And Delilah was a beautiful woman. She was a Philistine again, but she was not a good woman. And they were married, and he, uh, he was gone one day, and the Philistines came to her, and they told her this. They said, you know what? If you'll figure out how we can defeat him, we will give you lots and lots of gold. We will make you so rich you won't know what to do. And what do you think she did? She said, hmm, lots and lots of gold. I think I'd like to be super rich. So she went to Samson and she said, Samson, if you love me, you'll tell me why you're so strong. Tell me, what is the secret of your strength? And Samson looked at her and he said, well, let me just tell you. The truth is, if you took seven brand new bowstrings, you know what a bowstring is? You know what a bow and arrow is? You pull that string back. The string is really, really strong. I don't think any of us here could break one of them, could we? He said, you get seven brand new bowstrings that haven't dried out yet. And if you tie me up with those, he said, I'll just be as weak as any other man. Now, I learned a couple of things about Samson from this. Number one, this guy was a heavy sleeper. You know what I mean by that? Because while he's asleep, she ties him up with seven bowstrings. Do you think if you were asleep and somebody started tying you up, that would wake you up? Do you think so? Now, some of you are going, no, I'd sleep right through it. Okay. Most of us would get woke up by that. She wakes him up and she says, Samson, the Philistines are here. And you know what? He jumped up and he popped those and they just, it says it was like thread over a fire. You know, if you put thread on a fire, you know what's going to happen? Just goes, just pops open. Now, what had really happened is she told the Philistines, come, he's told me, I think. And they came and they were hiding in the room. And if he was really weak, you know what they were going to do? They were going to get him. But if he wasn't weak, you know what they did? They kept hiding <laughs> because they knew he'd kill them. 
She said, Samson, they're here. And he jumps up and just pops those off. And she looks at him. She goes, oh, Samson, you didn't tell me the truth. You lied to me. And she nagged at him and she bothered him. If you loved me, you'd tell me the truth. So finally he said, okay, okay, here's the deal. Really not seven bowstrings, but seven brand new ropes that have never been used for anything. You tie me up with seven brand new ropes, then you'll know I'll be just as weak as anyone else. And so guess what she did when he was asleep? She got seven brand new ropes. Well, I say she got them. The Philistines brought them to her. She hid in the house, or they hid in the house, and she tied him up with seven brand new ropes. And then she woke him up. She said, Samson, the Philistines are here. And he jumped up and did like that, and the ropes just shredded. And she said, Oh, Samson, you lied to me. And she started bothering him again. Oh, if you loved me, you'd tell me. If you loved me, you'd tell me the truth. Why are you mocking me? Now, another thing I learned about Samson is he wasn't the brightest guy. Because if she tied him up with the bowstrings and she tied him up with the ropes, what does he think she's going to do next time? You would think he would figure out she's going to do whatever it is he tells her, right? I don't know. He tells her this. He said, if you took my hair and weaved it into a loom. Now, I don't know. I should have had a picture of a loom up here. A loom is what they make cloth out of. And it's got lots of threads going this way and threads going this way. And there are these big pieces that go back and forth. And they weave all the threads together to make cloth. All the cloth you have in your clothes was made out of, out of uh, or made by a loom. Okay. And he said, if you weave my hair in a loom. Now, you remember, he'd never cut his hair, so it was real long. And I don't know where she got a loom. Maybe they had a loom in the house or something. I don't know. But he goes to sleep, and she gets her his hair and weaves it into a loom. Once again, he had to be a really heavy sleeper. And the Philistines come, and they hide in the room. And she says, Samson, the Philistines are here. And he jumps up and jerks his head. And when it does, it just rips all the middle out, out of the loom. Because his hair was so strong and he was so strong. She said, oh, Samson, you lied to me again. And the Bible says that she nagged him to death almost. He was so irritated and frustrated and just nagged to death that she just kept bugging him. Why don't you tell me the truth? If you loved me, you'd tell me the truth. If you loved me. And so finally, the Bible says he told her. He said, you know what? I'm strong because I'm a Nazarite. It's my hair. And if my hair got cut, I'd be just like any other man. And the Bible says that she could tell that he told her his heart. You know how when you have a conversation with someone and you can tell that they just open up and they, they're, they're just honest with you and they just really tell you what they're thinking? She could tell that about him. And so she called the Philistines and she said, He's told me this time, bring your scissors. 
And so they came, and he laid down, and he went to sleep. And while he was asleep, she got the scissors, and she went in there, and she just cut his hair really, really short. And they were all hiding. And she said, Samson, the Philistines are here. And he jumped up, and he thought he could still shake himself and get his strength. But he couldn't. And he shook himself, but he wasn't strong. And so they caught him, and they put out his eyes. They gouged out his eyes. They blinded him. And they took him, and they made him work as a prisoner. And what he had to do was they had a pole... And they had these long things sticking out and they'd make prisoners push them and walk in a circle like this. And they would grind wheat or corn or things like that. And they made the prisoners do that. And they made him do that. But you know what? He had been this champion, so they loved to make fun of him. They loved to mock him and they loved to make a humiliation of him. So they called him, brought him. They had somebody lead him around because he's blind now. Right? They had a boy lead him around. And they brought him in, and there were thousands, there were lots of them, all gathered together in this huge building. And right in the middle of the building were there's huge two two huge pillars that held up the roof, the middle of the roof. And they had him out there in front of them, and they were mocking him and making fun of him. And he told the boy who was leading him around, he said, Lead me to the pillars in the middle so I can lean on them. Because he was tired, so the boy thought. And he prayed to God and he said, God, just this one time, give me my strength back. And the Bible says his hair had started to grow out again. And just this one time, give me my strength back so I can avenge you of all your enemies. And God gave him his strength and he stood there between those two pillars and he did this. And he pushed them out and the roof fell in and it killed everyone who was there, including Samson. And he died. And the Bible says that in his death, when he died, he killed more Philistines than he'd killed his whole life. And he'd already killed a bunch of them. Now, that's a weird story, isn't it? Isn't that a strange story? Why would I tell you that story? Especially when we're talking about bad company. Why would I tell you that story? What do you think? Think about it for just a second. Can you figure out why I would tell you that story? You you do? You got an idea? Okay. Let me tell you why I told you that story, and you can see if you were right. The one person who will have more influence on you than anyone else in this world is the person you marry. That person is going to have more influence on you than anyone else in this world. And if you marry someone who is not godly, if you marry someone who does not love the Lord like Delilah didn't love God. If you marry someone who loves money more than they love God, 
If you marry someone who loves to party and have fun more than they love God, guess what's going to happen to you? It's going to be really, really hard for you to keep loving God first. It's going to be really, really hard for you to keep going to church when they always want to go do something on the weekends and they want to take a a trip. They want to go on a vacation. They want to go have fun. They want to go to a concert or go to the lake. But you don't want to. You want to go to church. But it's going to be really, really hard for you if you marry someone who doesn't love God first. The point of this story is Samson, even though he was a great and powerful and mighty man of God, Samson, his life ended up as a waste, didn't it? Why? Because he put his heart in someone who didn't love God, someone who wasn't righteous and someone who wasn't good. So how do you find someone who loves God? Well, first, you need to start looking with Christians. You need to start looking with people who go to church with you or go to other churches around that you go to. You need to come to meetings like this where there are young people in the church. But let me tell you this, just because they go to church with you does not mean they're godly. You need to know that's true. There are people who will go to church with you sometimes who don't love God more than they love money. So just because they go to church with you doesn't mean they're godly. You need to get to know them. You need to build a relationship with them based on God. You need to read the Bible together. You need to talk about godly things. You need to find out what kind of entertainment they enjoy. Y'all need to focus in your relationship when you're dating or courting or whatever it is that your family does to seek a, a relationship. You need to have a relationship with them that's based on God. You need to watch them and see how they act. See how they treat their family. See how interested they are in going to church and not just going to church, but being involved in church. Being involved in the things the church does. Caring about other people. I want to tell you, young people, there is nothing I can tell you about living your life other than serve God that's more important than who you choose to marry. Nothing more important. Now, it's important for you to get married. That's God's plan for you. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. God created Adam in the garden, and he said, it's not good for him to be alone. I'll make a helper for him. And that was a woman. That's God's plan, is for a man and a woman to get married. He says, young ladies, and I teach this pri- at this private Christian school, and the kids are always asking, well, I want to do God's will for my life. You know, you know what God's will for your life is, young ladies? The Bible says it's God's will that the younger women marry bear children, and guide the house. So you may not know a lot about God's plan for you, but you know this, God wants you to get married, He wants you to have kids, and He wants you to guide that house so that they will serve God. You need a godly man who will lead you to do that. Young men, you need a godly woman. You need a virtuous woman. You need a woman who will teach your kids truth about God while you're at work. You need a woman who will lead your home while you're not there. She will guide those children to do what's godly and what's right. 
So, the message of Samson is, one, don't ever tell a woman why you're really strong. (laughs) The message of Samson is this. You, when you look for a spouse, you look for someone who's godly. You look for someone who loves God because it doesn't matter how strong you are. They can drag you away. They can hurt your spirituality where you'll end up not even really doing any good for God, even if you stay faithful. Look for someone who's faithful. The last thing I want to say about this is that sometimes you may meet someone who married someone out in the world who wasn't Christian and who didn't love God, and it works out okay. My grandmother eloped with a man that she met in town who was just driving a taxi and lived in the town she lived in. And he was not a godly man. He didn't know anything about God. He did get baptized because her her dad lived on a farm and he went there one day and her dad said, my great-grandfather said, come feed the cows with me. And they went out and he got in the pickup and he drove to the pond and he said, boy, you're going to be in this family. You're going to be a member of the church. And he made him get baptized. But that didn't change him. And he wasn't a godly man for a lot of their life. But you know what? He was eventually a godly man. I had the opportunity when I was a young man to baptize my grandfather When he asked for it, he meant it. He wanted to do that. But even with all of that, my grandmother told me at the end of her life, she said, you know, if I had to do it again, I would never marry someone who wasn't a Christian. Sometimes it works out. Most of the time it doesn't. So you can't count on that. Don't look at someone and go, well, yeah, but I know somebody who married someone who wasn't a Christian and it turned out good. Maybe it will, but if they're going to come to Christ, you need them to do that before you get married to them. The most important choice you're going to make other than serving God is who you marry. Be very, very, very careful about that. Um, Mike, will you lead sanctuary for us? And after sanctuary, we're going to ask Craig to close us out of this session with a prayer and any announcements that he has. Everyone stand up for this.